Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Hurry into Mattress Firm. For a limited time, save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $499 value. Or get up to 60% off America's top-rated brands like Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $279.99 or Sleepies at $169.99. In stock for fast delivery only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Coming up on Stacking the Box, the season is here. We are ready for the Cowboys and the Bucks on Thursday night. We're ready for the Bears and the Rams on Sunday night and everything in between. Verderam, your vacation is over, buddy. I don't know if you're ready for the Bears. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> quite ready for the Bears, but my vacations are over. I am back, and it is week one of the NFL season, one of my favorite things on the sports calendar we have 17 games ahead for each team. And then the playoffs, the Super Bowl in mid-February. I can't wait. Let's get it rolling. We'll have a quick stop with Juju Smith-Schuster as well, getting ready for his fifth season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a busy stack in the box, and it starts in just a moment. But first, stack in the box is brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and put in that, put in that promo code FANSIDED20. 20% off the gear and the shipping is free. Verderam, are you well-groomed today with your Manscaped Performance Package I, 4.0? I am because I am with Manscaped. Look, if you're not taking care of business, then you might not get to take care of business, if you know what I mean. So you need to get with the program, get with Manscaped, go to the website, use the promo code FANSIDE20. You save 20% on your order and you get free shipping. It's a no-brainer. No better way to support this podcast, these fine two people talking to you. We appreciate it so much. Uh, and yes, uh, everything is not only do you get to uh, do the grooming, but you get the boxer briefs. You get the ball deodorant, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, that's a next level move. Manscaped.com. Put in that promo code FANSIDED20. Stack in the box starts in just a moment. All right, the season is officially here enough with uh, whatever the hell we've been doing for the last six, seven months here. Verderam, let's make some predictions. Let's have some fun today as uh, we get the Bucks and the Cowboys and Dak coming back on Thursday night. Everybody's picking Tampa to repeat. They had a very aggressive offseason in keeping everyone. I am picking against the Bucks for the record here. Uh, I will. Like on Thursday or in general? Well, definitely. No, not on Thursday. Not on Thursday. I, I'm not going to pick against an eight point favorite at home coming off of a Super Bowl win, although it's weird on opening nights. By the way, I went back and looked at week one last year. It actually I know your your standard take at the start of the season is don't believe what you see in week one. Yes. But there was some actual like Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdown passes and the, and the Packers scored sure. 40 points, which was indicative of how the season was going to go. Um course the Bucks lost on their opening week so that was not indicative right but you are going to see some things in this week one that's going to actually play out over the course of the season so it's it's a it'll be a mixed bag as per always yeah now, now first off before I even get into this I will say look if you love stacking the box and you've been listening you've been dealing with the whole offseason go to leave a review 
please, wherever you can, leave a review, leave a rating, five-star rating preferably. But leave a comment, too, with your Twitter handle or even just your name. What are your predictions for the season? What are your predictions? Give us your Super Bowl take and maybe even throw in a hot take if you want to. Do that, and we'll read them off next next episode, okay? Um, but now to get to mine, listen, I think – I think this season is shaping up to be very interesting from this standpoint. And I don't want to give too much away, but I'll, I'll lead with this to top. Normally, I think you see a lot of turnover in the NFL. That's what makes it so popular in a lot of ways, right? The parity and any team can win. I don't feel like there's a lot of turnover this year from last year. Like, I feel like, and maybe part of that was not having a great free agency class, not a lot of money to be spent because the cap went down with COVID. But when you look at the teams that were the best teams last year, and I'm not just talking about Tampa and Kansas City. I'm talking about like the top like eight to ten teams. I don't know that there's a lot of new entries into that field. I don't know that I look at the divisions and go, hey, I see a lot of worst to first here. Right? I think the most obvious worst to first candidate is San Francisco, um, and that was only because of injuries. Right? Like The Niners had a really good roster last year. They, were just, they just had a ton of injuries to deal with. But as far as week one goes, and we will, we will talk about some of the games, we have our, our – place your bet segment back and everything else. But I, I, I do believe that like you just week one is wonky. It always is. You don't have film yet. You know, teams are using guys in new ways. You have new plays, new coaching staffs, quarterbacks in new spots. Like weird crap happens. The Jags won week one last year and then didn't win another football game. Like it's just, if you're a better week one is terrifying. Let's go. Let's go back in time to that game because I just want to mention my guy Gardner Minshew is going to be huge in Philly. He was 19 of 20 in that game, Verderam. He was. <laughs> he was. He was he was terrific. And they won that game, and you're like, oh, and then they literally didn't win another game. <laughs> that was it. Well, it's interesting that the, the Texans and the Jags are battling out in week one that oh, it's brutal. It could be the the actual indicator of who ends up with the number one overall pick. That both, is true. They're both in there. I mean, who? Which, go ahead. No, no, that is, that is true. I mean, look, you're going to have Urban Meyer. I, I I will say this from that game: if Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence can't beat Houston, it's going to be a real long year. Like that's my takeaway from that game. If you can't beat them, and both teams have new coaches, new quarterbacks, so like it's even in terms of pre- preparedness and everything else. If Jacksonville – and I don't care that it's in Houston. If the Jags can't go in there and win that game, that's all I need to know about Jacksonville. Even with all I said about week one, that is the one indicator I'll take from that. It's the Texans part of it. I just find it very – Sad? Int- well, yeah, it's – well, the whole – I mean, what's going on off the field with Deshaun Watson is is worse than sad. Um, oh, and, and – but – it's just interesting. I mean, the NFL has done nothing. He's not on the restricted list. The Texans are just not playing him. Tyrod Taylor, you're starting. Go get him. Uh, hopefully, you will not have the same treatment from the our medical staff that you got in San, in Los Angeles when they punctured your lung trying to give you a pain injection. Uh, and and go get him. But it, it's just like basically the NFL is like you handle it. You do what you think is right. And the Texans are just like, okay, we're not playing him. That's it. Period. Like they, they could play him if they wanted to. I, I, I think it's I think it's one of the more they could. bizarre – bizarre, um, and, and uh, I mean, maybe there was just an understanding at some point, hey, we're not going to do anything because we don't want to open up ourselves legally, but please do not play this guy. Do you think that conversation happened? 
I I was just thinking, I think Peter King said this. Peter King did say it. He said it on the Dan Patrick show. And I want to give credit there, but I've had the same thought over the last couple of weeks. I wonder if the NFL basically called the Texans and like, look, you you have to do us a favor. You cannot play him. Like, I'm I'm sorry, you cannot. If we have to suspend him, we will. So either way, he's not going to play. But we'd really prefer not to go down that road. Please do us a solid. Now, I don't know. Now, again, does Peter's take? I agree with that take. That is that is my opinion as well. I don't know that that happened. But if you're the Texans, like, I don't know how you can play him. So I don't think this is a shocking outcome, except I'm just surprised he's not suspended. I know there are people who say, well, you know, it's got to rise to a level of, you know, you know he did something. I hear that. There's 22 civil cases of, of alleged sexual assault against him. Like, I'm surprised that the NFL did not act. But maybe they did behind closed doors and just didn't want to go public. Let's, let's stick in the AFC and do some uh, who are your top contenders here. Uh, Kansas City, obviously – at the at the top, right? Seventeen and zero. Why not? Let's let's go and 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 twenty and zero for that matter. Uh, that that's aggressive. But why not? They're the only the, they're the only team that has that chance, right? Here's the, yeah, I tell you, the first five games are no picnic. Um, here are the teams out of the AC. I think can win the Super Bowl. Just by the way, what I would determine a top contender by: Kansas City, of course, Buffalo, and. I will throw Cleveland in there. Don't although do it. Don't Baker's do it. Gotta, Baker's got to step up or they're not winning the Super Bowl. I don't care how talented they are. And for look, people who say, well, look at how great the roster is. I get that. Okay. I grew up a Chiefs fan. Believe me. There were plenty of years they had a loaded roster and no quarterback, or at least an average quarterback. And there were some Alex Smith years. The Chiefs were incredibly talented. Incredibly. Couldn't win a playoff game. Couldn't do it. Because you just would run into these games where you're playing against, you know, peak Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, or Tom Brady. Those guys are going to make plays on third and 11. They're going to extend drop. That's that's concern I have. And by the way, it's a reason I'm not putting Baltimore in there. I just – I, I never they can never make a big play in the passing game in these spots, ever. I mean, Jackson – and I, I – look, Jackson is a wonderful player. He is not a prolific passer. And the, and the nerds who want to scream DVOA – can scream it all they want. Watch them in the playoffs. Watch them in big moments against big teams. They played Kansas City last year in a regular season game into it for 100 yards. They got to the playoffs. They beat the Titans. Their offense did nothing in that game. And then they lost to the Bills and scored three points. And I'm looking at them now. No J.K. Dobbins. They're already dealing with injuries to Rashad Bateman. Hollywood Brown didn't play at all in, the, in camp with a hamstring injury. So I, I don't put them in there. I will say... I think Tennessee is the wild card of that, that conference. Tennessee is better than people think, but I don't know that I put them. I think Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cleveland are the three best teams. Let's focus on the Browns for a second here. Keys for Cleveland. Miles Garrett is incredible, right? Yes. Jadavian Clowney partners with him, right? And he's – you don't buy it, can't, can't find the founder. He has three Jadavian. sacks in the last two years. Right. When right, has he but, ever been an elite player? Ever. He's been good. Well, Never been a league ever. Well, I would, I would, uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I would just hypothesize that if the Browns are going to get there, they're going to need a, a big time. I agree. 
I agree. Impact from somebody other than Miles Garrett on that defense. I yes. mean, maybe maybe I'm just picking the sexy name. I don't know, but like you you need you can't just be one guy getting to the quarterback and he certainly has the talent to do it. Supposedly he's healthy. The other side of it, by the way, offensively, you talk about Baker. He's got a lot of he's got plenty of weapons. Oh, for Jarvis sure. and Odell and Donovan Peoples Jones had a great rookie year. I mean, come on. So if he doesn't do it, it's not like he's climbing uphill with the talent around him. So no, he's got a ton of it. Here's very succinctly. My concern with Baker is they need to be able to run the ball. Which, by the way, they will run the ball. They have a great line and, and two great backs. Okay. But when teams are able to get them in obvious passing downs and they can't boot him out of the pocket, they can't get him out of the room. He's actually, he's great in those situations, play action, boot action. When he's got to do a standard drop back on third and eight, he does not perform well in those situations. That to me has got to be the, the, the hole in his game. He closes because you and I both know you've watched football longer than me in the playoffs. When it's cold and you're facing the best teams and the best coaches, teams are going to say, you're not running boot. We don't care. We're going to make you beat us. We're going to put a safety over top Beckham. Jarvis Landry is a slot man extraordinary. He's not going to go deep. We're going to force you to dink and dunk. And on third and eight, here it comes, and you've got to stand in there, diagnose it, and beat us. And he's not been able to do that. If he can do that, they are absolutely a team that can win the Super Bowl. But who do you think has a better defense, the Ravens or the Browns? Defensively, I, w- I would take Baltimore. Okay. Because some people will say that, you know, I don't know, Baltimore, you're going to get to the quarterback? Is Justin Houston going to come over here and find the fountain of youth? I mean, I think that's a legitimate concern for the Ravens. It is. It is. And, and I like Justin Houston a lot. I, th- I think he's got a lot in the tank, but I think he's a number two pass rusher at this point. They lost Judon. They, they draft OA out of, out of Penn State in the first round, but he didn't have a sack his last year at Penn State. Now, does that matter? I don't know. It's just a note to throw in there. But here's the difference. With Wink Martindale as their coordinator, Baltimore is going to blitz the hell out of you, and they can do it because they've got Humphrey and Peters and Jimmy Smith back there who can all play man-on-man. Now, the concern for Baltimore is, and this is, an, this is the other part of this, I talked about their offense already, how they can only win one way, right? They've got to run, 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 play action off that, hit Mark Andrews. Defensively, they only know how to play one way, and they have to play one way. They have to blitz like crazy, and that's what Martindale's done his entire career against teams like Buffalo and Kansas City, that is death. Those teams will kill you when you blitz them. Mahomes' numbers against blitzes are supernatural. You're not beating Kansas City blitzing them. It has shown up. They've played Mahomes three times. They've lost all three times. And Mahomes has put up insane numbers in those games. And I think Allen will do the exact same thing. So if you're Baltimore, look, I think you can do that against a lot of teams. But when you face these upper echelon quarterbacks, blitzing is typically not the way to beat them. Let's just wrap up the AFC, just going back to Buffalo and whether or not they can actually get by Kansas city. I mean, the bills very similar to your super bowl champion Buccaneers. They're bringing back 21 starters. You got yes. a, you have a, an, a Josh Allen who should be even better than he was last year. Right. That would be only logical. Uh, I mean, They've got. They've probably been thinking about Kansas City every single day of the off season, right? You're thinking about la- last year and and how do you get past the Chiefs? I don't know. Uh, like the the Bills are very very interesting to me. Maybe it boils down to the, whether their offensive line can be an actual legit offensive line and not whatever how Allen got through last year. Well, look, I think a few things. 
Allen's probably statistically going to regress a little bit. Now, I, I think he's great. I don't think he's going to regress in terms of his talent. But just his numbers were otherworldly last year. Diggs led the league in receiving yardage and catches. Like it's just, You typically don't do those things two years in a row. That said, I think the running game can be a little bit better. I like their O-line a little more than you, perhaps. I, I think they'll be okay there. Here, To me, Buffalo, in a nutshell, it's one thing. They drafted, they drafted Boogie Basham in the second round, defensive end. Okay, They also went pass rusher Gregory Rousseau in the first round. Those kids have to be good. Have to be good. If they're not good, they're not beating Kansas City. You ha- look, the, the Bucs showed it in the Super Bowl. The Niners showed it for 53 minutes in the Super Bowl the year prior. You can come to me with all the crap you want about what scheme you're going to play and how you're going to man up on Hill or you're going to bracket Kelsey or – None of it matters. If you don't get pressure on Mahomes, you're going to lose. He's going to find people. He's going to hit you. It's why Kansas City spent a fortune building up their offensive line this offseason. They know, as well as anybody, if he has three seconds to throw the ball, you're done. It doesn't matter. He's going to find somebody. And so I think if you're the Bills, that was their Achilles heel last year. They did not have a good pass rush. They played the Chiefs twice last year. They, They sacked him twice for no yards lost. They barely hit him. And Mahomes just torched them in both games. Like at the end, I think Buffalo is the biggest competition of the Chiefs in the AFC. But that's going to be what it comes down to. They have to get home. All right, I'm I'm excited. This is uh, I'm getting like let's go kick off Thursday night right now as we're recording on Tuesday at 11:36 in the morning. Let's go over to the NFC. Um, you, you want my the worst take that you can possibly hear in the history of stacking the box? You ready for it? Always. I, I, I'm really kind of concerned about Green Bay because they went winless in the preseason. That's the worst take I could give you. The bear, oh, that you, is the worst take. They didn't play one starter. I know. I know. I, you said you, you opened the door. You said, give oh. me your worst take. That's it. But so I'm, I feel like really, really concerned that I still think the Packers, despite all their issues, including a winless preseason, not playing Aaron Rodgers and everybody else. Uh, I'm not picking. I refuse to pick the Bucks. I refuse to do it. He's too old. They're too much the same. Whatever it is, I, I'm not going to sit there and it's just boring to me. Tampa Bay, come on, get out of here. That was a fluke last year. It'll prove to be a fluke. This, that was it. Ta- c- congratulations. You walked off in the sunset. You got it done. You got drunk on a boat. Now we're learning that he got COVID on that boat. Congratulations. You're the GOAT. No problem. It ain't happening again. I don't know if it's Green Bay or whoever, but I'll pick the Packers because I'm still going to buy in on Aaron Rodgers and let's go last dance. All right. So I think that the NFC to me is more wide open, even though I do think the Bucs are the deserved favorites. You got Tampa, Green Bay, and the three teams in the NFC West, not named the Cardinals. Those are the five teams to me that could get to the Super Bowl. Okay. Now, the NFC West teams have the disadvantage that they have to beat the hell out of each other just to get out of the, the, the season, both healthy and in a good position in the playoffs. I think Tampa and Green Bay have a huge advantage. They're playing god-awful divisions. So they should just be racking up wins and be at least a two-seed, right? Like a minimum. I mean, that, that they should be the number one and two seeds. If there's a concern I have with both those teams, it's the same concern. The injuries. They're older teams. I, I shouldn't say that. Green Bay's not as old. The, the Bucks are an old team. They are. Got a lot of guys in that team that matter that are 30 and, in some cases, 40-plus. Okay, you have Brady, but put Brady aside for a second. Rob Gronkowski, old and injury prone. Antonio Brown, old. 
Mike Evans has been injury prone in his career. Then you get to the defensive side. You're talking about all kinds of guys who are injury prone and or older. Levante David, Ndamukong Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul. That's a lot. Like, now, now, obviously, I don't expect all those guys to get injured, but nobody had better injury luck last year than Tampa. Nobody. They were as healthy as could be going to the Super Bowl. History and analytics say that that usually does not happen two years in a row. So my biggest concern, I think Tampa's the most talented team in football. But the injuries are significant, or, or the injury concerns, I should say, are significant for me because of the age, because of the history of some of the guys. The Packers, I'm not worried about their preseason, Carm. I'm, I'm worried about <laughs> – they lost Corey Lindsley, their all-pro center, and their, their stud left tackle, David Bakhtiari, is out for six weeks on the pup list, recovering from a torn ACL. When Rodgers has not had a great line in front of him, things have gone south. That is a concern that I have. If they're not as good up front, and we saw this in the NFC Championship game, mind you, that's a problem. And so I, I do have concerns about them in that regard, but I still think they're a very good team. And I would also throw in that if, say, they get off to a slow start, the karma, juju, whatever you want to call it in green, but it just isn't good. He's going to be looking out the door. I, I, could, I, I don't see Aaron as of soul, mind, and purpose that we are going to win the Super Bowl no matter what happens this year in Green Bay. He's just he – he's not that guy right now. At least I don't think so. So uh, the Packers are – I, it, it feels it feels flimsy at this point for everything you just named and all that went on. But I still always orient to high end talent, and Rodgers is still that. So I'm I, I it's on some level I I still feel like I should bet on him. Uh, by the way, I, I just got to get something off my chest about that. The 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 Bears, by the way, were two and one in the preseason, the only team that won games in that NFC North. But I want to go back, Verderam, because um, you, you just talked about how bad the division is. I want to go back to April 2nd of the offseason, and that's the date that Matt Nagy let people know very quietly that, yes, indeed, I'm coming back to call plays again in 2021. Bill Lazor, even though we were better with you as the offensive coordinator, I'm the offensive guru, so I'm coming back in to save the day. That – little tidbit of of news was as bad a news as you could possibly get as a Bears fan you are not an offensive coordinator you don't know what you're doing you think you know what you're doing and you think that it's your system that is the actual key to success and for some and it, it, the system is so complex that it's going to take years to really understand it and now that I've been here this long everybody understands the system even though the parts in the system have changed dramatically you, there's no real consistency in it so that doesn't make any sense what he's saying um and and i'm hearing that he's getting more surly with the reporters out there at hallis hall where the bears have their practices and training not a time camp. To get more surely yeah well not a time uh, for that it's a time to be more chummy yeah this is uh time to do some some more work behind the scenes th- th- this this guy this guy um what's the word i'm looking for is terrible i, I I'm, I'm not a fan uh, I, I think he'd be a great special teams coordinator but dude the offense was better when you weren't calling plays. What are you missing? Be the head coach. You're not an offensive guru. It's been proven. Meanwhile, the Bears and when they play Justin Fields is very interesting. You're going to lose this bet, even though uh, you probably should win it. Oh, I'm going to win it. He's going to start week two. Okay. 
they're going to score six points. We're going to get that game a little later. And then and then they're going to go, oh, geez, you know what, Andy? If we did the best we could, we got Andy the reins. It's going to happen. You're going to um, see you're going to see Andy Dalton getting killed in that game, and they're going to like, we're not doing that to Justin Fields. We're not going to let him get eaten alive. Well, then then what, what are you going to sit him all year long? Because that, that ain't no. changing. That ain't changing. He's, he's yeah. going to get the crappy out of him. You know what else is going to get the crappy out of him? Trevor Lawrence. And you know what? That's life in the NFL for a young quarterback on a bad team. And I, I'm not saying it's great, but it's reality. Um, real quick on the Bears, I'll just say this. I like Nagy more than most in the sense that I just think he's had absolutely no quarterback three years, and Pace has done him no favors offensively. Hey, here's Jimmy Graham. Congratulations. That being said, um, he shouldn't be calling the plays. And when he was in Kansas City, he really didn't call the plays. He had a, a minor stretch where he did, but he really – I mean, look, let's – Eric Bieniemy is the first guy that Andy Reid has really been like. Here, you have a big say in the offense week in and week out. I, I don't know that Nagy, other than maybe a week here, a week there, really ever had that. And by the way, that year, the Chiefs started five and zero and barely made the playoffs and lost to Marcus Mariota at home in a playoff game. So it wasn't as though like their offense was incredible that season. It started out wonderfully and then tanked brutally the entire rest of the year. All fair. All fair. Let's move on. Uh, and Juju's coming up here in five minutes, but let's talk about MVPs. Um, right. Everybody's picking Patrick Mahomes. I'm assuming you're doing the same thing. Uh, I am. Look, you have to pick a quarterback. If you don't pick a quarterback, you're just trying to be interesting. Like if you're trying to be right, I think, I think you, you have to go that direction. So, Mahomes, Mahomes makes the most sense in, in this way. Rodgers is great. He won the MVP last year. I don't think he's winning the MVP again. All right? It's just too hard to win back-to-back. And it is a narrative award to some degree. The, I almost went with Josh Allen, but again, I think Allen statistically regresses a little bit. Baker's interesting. Like, like Baker could be a guy, or Stafford if they're great. You know, people are going to want to go crazy over that. But yeah. It, behind that offensive line, Mahomes seems like the play here to just throw for like 48 touchdowns and 5,300 yards and just be out of his mind. But um, yeah, I'd have to be talked out of it. Give me your non quarterback MVP. Because it obviously I, probably is not going to happen, but why not? Let's go. Right. I mean, if you're, if you're going non then I, I would go way off the board and give you like a defensive player. We haven't had a defensive MVP since 1986. How about TJ Watt? Who wow. Is, who, by the way, like not may not play week one as he wants a new contract. And the Steelers just can't find the, find the money apparently for it. But if they're going to be really good, it's going to be because their defense is like 85 bears off because they can't, they can't score. So, I was, you know, maybe there's a year where Watt just goes nuts and he has like 20 sacks or something, and they they go 12 and five and win the division, and it's it's solely because T.J. Watt is just destroying every game he plays in. So he's my he's my deep deep sleeper, my dark horse for MVP. I mentioned him earlier, Miles Garrett. I'm looking at you. The Browns have an incredible season. You're eating quarterbacks. Let's go, uh, Juju Smith Schuster, coming right up here as we will come back after that. And uh, get you – well, first of all, we're going to do Into the Future, and then we're going to hear from Mitchell Schwartz is coming up, and then we're going to make you some money. A lot of stuff to do. Thank you for checking out Stack in the Box.
Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for Sports Stuff You Definitely Could Not Do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. I think he's ready to have the biggest season of his NFL career. Juju Smith-Schuster, what do you think of that comment uh, as we get off to the start here? I'm optimistic this is your biggest year yet, and that would be a huge, huge deal because you've already had some great seasons. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. You know, this means my, my best year. So, uh, yeah, hell yeah, let's get it. I see where you're working on playing outside and people are talking that you can't do that. Is that your number one motivation right now as far as the individual side is concerned? Oh, yeah. Being able to prove that. I mean, I've done it before. It's something that I have not done before. So, uh, but definitely, uh, definitely you'll see me playing outside more. Can Ben get you the ball out there? For sure. hundred percent. Easily. A lot of people think that Ben's on his last, last, last of last legs. What do you think about that side of it, Juju? What would you tell, tell those? Uh, people, have been, people have been saying that the last, 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 last five years. So, And it, it's Ben stills Ben, and he still does what he does. Uh, this is something that's not new. What's been the biggest benefit for you playing with him? Oh, man. It's just, it's just people don't understand. Man, when you get a bet quarterback like that who you've been playing, I've been – no, I was happy to say four years going into my fifth year with him and uh, my whole career. It's a blessing. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, makes your job a lot easier, uh, not, but not just for me, but everybody around me. And I, I would say that, like, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have the career I probably would have. Yeah. Um, that's interesting, by the way. Where do, where do you – where do you think you'd be? You almost might be giving him too much credit because I feel like you would be successful with any, you know, legit quarterback, but also the benefit of playing with him as well. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I would say that, like, yeah, I could go out there and play with any quarterback, but, you know, when you have a guy like that who makes your job a lot easier as far as, like, being able to, to have that touch on the ball, being able to throw with the ball, being able to dissect the defense and, you know, put balls where most QBs can't. And that's something he's been doing. It's a Hall of Famer to be right there. Hey, you're working today with Snickers, which you guys are launching the Rookie Mistake of the Year, which is going to reward fans during the season for who shares the examples of rookie mistakes. Did you make any rookie mistakes, Juju? Uh, I know that uh, you've been working with Snickers uh, over a significant period of time. It's fun to be with, back with them this year. Yeah, man. Uh, a rookie mistake doesn't just occur just due to bad luck. Uh, obviously, these are funny missteps that you're, you know, when you're off your game. Uh, this is something that is not currently just football. Uh, my rookie mistake is uh, me leaving my dinner uh, after the game in my locker room and going home without food. Ooh. And it's it, it's not funny. You know, after a three-hour game, it's just like, oh, damn, like now I don't have food. Uh, definitely a rookie mistake. But uh, for the fans out there, you guys have a chance to answer the rookie mistake of the year, you don't have. It doesn't have to be football related. Like I said, fans can submit videos, texts, images uh, to their rookie mistake, and for a chance to win two Super Bowl tickets uh, to go to Los Angeles. What'd you do for dinner that night? Uh, actually, that night I just had cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cereal guy. I can't lie. 
I might have turned around myself. That's I tried to get back in the facility, but yeah. Uh, I think Cyril's a it's a it's a good plan B. Hey Juju, you were uh, you know out a, a while back there talking about hey everybody's got to make their choices, but you know I'm I'm getting the vaccine. What's it been like in the locker room so far this year with uh, guys making different choices? Uh, I mean, it's it, there's two sides of it. Obviously, if, you, if you're not vaccinated, you have to get tested every day and you cannot miss that test. Uh, there's a part where, you know, you get tested every two weeks if you're vaccinated. Um, locker, the, the weight room uh, is different, whether you can lift and cannot lift at certain times. Um, being able to eat you know, together and not being able to eat together. Uh, it's, it's very different. It's very interesting how they're treating it. Uh, but for myself, obviously, I'm just doing what's best for my team. And I don't want to be, be a distraction or be the reason why, you know, I have close contact with guys because I'm not vaccinated. Does it frustrate you that guys aren't all in unison, I guess? I mean, everyone has their own opinion at the end of the day, you know, and that's them. And that's something that I can't, you know, say either their own person, their own opinion. Uh, but I'm going to just do what's best, you know, for myself and the team. Yeah. So people are mad at you, Juju, that you're doing the milk crate challenge. They want they want you healthy. They're worried that you're going to fall off a milk crate and not be able to play football, which I'm like, this guy is an NFL football player. You're worried about him on a milk crate? I mean, if you can't do that, then you can't have him play on Sundays. What Did you see all that, all the nerves? They want you healthy. I guess it's a compliment at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, these are people with fans who care. Uh, obviously, they're showing, they're showing love. So I, I, res- I respect that. Um, but I'm healthy. I'll be out there Sunday. Uh, I think, you know, taking a hit from across the field without without looking, it's a lot harder than falling on the milk crate challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Level of one to ten, how hard was the milk crate challenge in your mind? Uh, dude, to be honest, for the people, bro, I'll probably say it's a solid eight, a solid nine. Okay. But for an NFL guy like yourself, more like uh, two, three, four? Oh, uh, yeah, it's very low. It's very simple, very easy. <laughs> Okay, just 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 making sure that was that was making some noise. Uh, biggest key to this for the Steelers twenty twenty one. What do you got uh, for us, man? I will have to say it's going to come down to you know uh, you know all, all three phases, but our offense. You know we have a brand new online. That's what people are talking about. So I can see why. Uh, but uh, we have a lot of you know the same guys who are coming who came back from last year. Uh, in, our, in our receiver room, our tight end. Uh, but like you said, we drafted a running back. We drafted a tight end to help us out. And we got some new guys online who's going to help us out. Juju, good to see you working with Snickers. Best of luck in 2021. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Into the future we go. Thank you to Juju Smith-Schuster for jumping on. All right. Verram, seven playoff teams in the AFC. Go. Division winners. Buffalo, Cleveland, Tennessee, Kansas City, and the wild card teams, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Patriots. Who are you? The Patriots. Wow. Okay. Who are you most they, concerned They have changed about? my mind. I like I like what I've seen from Mac Jones. I, I did not love their offseason, but I like Jones. And Belichick is just like, – with even a remotely competent quarterback, Belichick will get them to the playoffs. Okay. So is that your least confident pick? Yes. I debated okay. between them, Miami, and Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. I will do. I got the Chiefs, the Titans. Um, I guess I'll go with the Browns because I just said Miles Garrett will be my MVP. So let's stay consistent here. And Buffalo. And then my wild cards are. Oh, boy. Let's see here. I will take the Ravens. 
I will take man. Oh boy. I'll take I'll take the Chargers. And I will take I'll take Pittsburgh. I will You've been I, fading the Browns all offseason. You gutless coward. And now, well, you, now you're picking them to <laughs> I, I just picked them to win what I'm considering a bad AFC North. You think it's a bad division? I, I think it's I, I think it's bad in that I don't buy the Browns as a legit Super Bowl contender. And I just think they're all like I think they're all nice and cute, but I don't I don't I and, and competitive, but I don't look at them like I look at Kansas City and Buffalo and even Tennessee. Okay. Like I I I I, okay. I would sl- I would slot those one two three and then we can play with the North. So Tennessee's my dark horse, man. Their front seven is a lot better than people realize. And I'll tell you, offensively, like I have concerns as to how it all fits together because that's been a run first team and now is it a pass first team? But man, if they figure that out offensively, the team find me a better trio of skill position players in the league. Right. Like that team is is no joke offensively. Now, I, look, I don't think they're Kansas City or Buffalo. I don't even know if they're Cleveland because I got to see it all come together. That's a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts. But if it comes together, I could easily see them being like a, a twelve win team and being a team that you're you're talking about as a Super Bowl contender come Thanksgiving. I think I am guilty of hearing a lot of people talk positive about the Browns and doubting myself. So I need to stay with me. I need to believe in me. And I need to stick with the fact that even though I just picked the Browns to uh, win a division, that's all I'm willing to do. Cleveland, uh, I love your fans. I love, I love your franchise. I love everything about the Browns. Honestly, I do. It's, a, it's just a, the fact that you have the, the color of your helmet is, is brown. That's what you do. You're, you're the Browns. You've got Jim Brown. I love you, but I don't, I don't, I don't. I just think I can't get there with Baker. The helmet's orange, but we digress. Yeah, close enough. All right. I mean, I'm, you know, that 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 works for me. It's not. It's 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 in the neighborhood. All right. NFC seven playoff teams. Verderam, go. Okay. Divisions. Washington. I debate this forever. I'm going on the record. Washington. Green Bay. Tampa Bay. I'm taking Seattle in the West. I, I think you could go. You could go any which way there. I'm taking the best quarterback. Okay. I'm taking the continuity. I'll take Wilson. The Rams and the 49ers are my top two wildcard teams. And then, holy hell, throw a dart. Uh, between Minnesota, Dallas, New Orleans, maybe even Carolina and Arizona, like you, any of those teams, I will take Minnesota, and I'm terrified of doing it because I can see that team going 6-11 and 11 with all the crap they've had this offseason, but I'll take them. All right, here we go. Yep, I'm doing it right here, right now. Dallas, let's go, Dak. You're back. Stay healthy. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys in the East. I'll take the Packers in the North, the Bucks in the South. And I'm going, I'm buying it. Let's go. Come on, Matthew Stafford. Give me the Rams. Give me Aaron Donald. I will go for the high-end belief that Stafford was screwed by Detroit and finally on a good roster with underrated receivers. And I'll take the Rams. Now my wild cards, I'm going off the board here. I'm going Arizona. Let's go, Kyler Murray. Okay. With a, I'll, I'll be bold in life, right? Um, you want it? Here's my maybe my boldest pick. Let's go, Carolina. Come on. I almost picked that, man. If Donald's good, they're interesting. 
Right. Sam Darnold, I don't feel great about picking you, but you're very interesting. I'm rooting for you. Let's prove the same same philosophy with Stafford. You got out of New York, and all of a sudden, Carolina's going to be a lot more friendly to you. And then from there, uh, wow. Come on, say it. Nah, oh boy. Gotcha. I'm making a lame pick. Uh, and I'll I'll take I'll take the uh, I'll take the Seahawks slipping in, three 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 in the West and it's straight dogging of the 49ers. No Niners. Yeah, it's a that's no a hard okay. that's a hardcore dog, um, and some people think that like I've I've at least well some people I was listening to sports talk radio the other day nationally and someone's like Jimmy Garoppolo's gonna win the MVP this year he's been pushed by Trey Lance I'm like and that that's aggressive but I mean come on and I like the Niners a lot by the way but that that's aggressive. Right. I mean, that, listen, uh, that, that's fading San Francisco is my, my most bold play here. And I, I don't even I don't know. I don't I don't feel like I have a great reason to do it other than Jimmy's always hurt. And, and I refuse to uh, jump on Trey Lance coming in and saving the day. So uh, worst quarterback in the division. Therefore, you go to four. That's how the NFL works nowadays in general. But that Niners defense is legit. Uh, all right. Super Bowl predictions. Let's go. All right. So. I have never, ever, in all the years I've covered the NFL, all the years being you know, seven, um, I've never picked a rematch. That ends here. I think for the first time since Super Bowls 27 and 28, there will be a rematch. It will be Kansas City and Tampa. They, to me, are clearly the two best teams in football. And, of course, injuries are going to affect that, either for better or worse, in terms of their, their fortunes. Um, but... I can't pick any other way, man. I just can't. Hamp is the most talented team in football, I think. Kansas City is second or third, and they have a, a god of a player at quarterback. I hear the argument of, well, you know, they don't have weapons behind Kelsey and Hill that scare you. Yeah, I, I mean, that's fine. Those guys are two Hall of Fame talents with a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing at them with a Hall of Fame coach calling the plays. They're okay. Like, if that's your biggest concern – I think you're all right. I, I go, I go rematch, man. I think Green Bay's got a shot. I think Buffalo's got a shot. But in the end, that's who I see getting there. Who's going to win? Who's healthier? Whoever's healthier. If you said to me everybody's healthy, I'll take Kansas City. I think in the end, with that offensive line, I just think they're the be- best team. But who's healthier? So what it came down to last year. I think we'll see the same thing again. All right. I'll stick with your Chiefs. I'm not going Tampa, as I have made that point about a thousand times now. So out of the NFC, I guess I'm going to ride with them all the way to the Super Bowl. Let's go, Matthew Stafford. Let's go, Rams. Let's go, Aaron Donald. And let's make it a really, really great story and just an absolute disaster of an abomination of an underlining of how bad the Detroit Lions franchise is Stafford and the Rams to the Super Bowl to compete against Patrick Mahomes, by the way, with the chiefs winning it. Okay. I had the Rams all the way to the NFC title game. when I picked the, uh, the games in the beginning of the season, or the beginning when the schedule came out. So the Rams are really interesting, man. Like there's, there are a few teams that are more top heavy than the Rams, but if they stay healthy, they got a lot of talent. There, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting to me because how much does playing uh, 
moving from one organization to another. It's the back end of his prime of being maybe even. By the way, yeah. Uh, if the Rams get there and the Chiefs get there, it's the second time in a row the Chiefs will be playing a true road game in the Super Bowl. That's oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, excellent point. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, never happened before. And now you're building it as and as someone who's rooting for the Chiefs, like of course that would be how it goes. But interesting. Well, Let's flip over to the other side. First coach fired this year. Who do you got? You just picked the Cardinals to make the playoffs. I'm going to go off the board, as you like to say. Uh, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Hey, they've, I... they've had a quick trigger on coaches in the past. Steve Wilkes only got a year. And they, they've had some, some situations like that. Now, Kingsbury's his third year. If they don't start out well, I could see it. Now, their schedule – so here are their first eight games. At Tennessee – Home to Minnesota at Jacksonville should win at the Rams. Home to the Niners at Cleveland. Home to Houston, they obviously should win. Home to the Packers at the Niners. Those are your first nine games. I mean, there, there's a world where they're three and six. Like, and I like the Cardinals. I, I think they're, they're just in the wrong division. But Kingsbury's not been a very good coach. I was going to say Fangio, but look at their schedule. The first three weeks of the year, they're playing the Jets, the Giants, and, and Jacksonville. So I think they'll be off to a good enough start. And then, look, the obvious the elephant in the room here is Gruden. But he's got $100 million on that contract. They're not, they're not walking away from him midway through year four, right? So I defy you, like, who's the guy? All the, all the teams that are wretched, they all have new head coaches. Detroit. Jacksonville, Houston, if you want to throw Atlanta in that mix, the Jets. I mean, the Bengals are interesting, but the Bengals are so damn cheap. I cannot imagine them eating a cent of money on Zach Taylor's contract. So I will go a little bold. I'll say Cliff Kingsbury. So for the reasons that you just underlined, I am going against the grain again here, at least my own grain, because I love Vic Fangio. But the reality is, is that he's 12 and 20 in his first two seasons. They've had a ton of tough losses. But the reason why I'm picking Fangio is because they do have, on paper at least, a very, very easy start to the season. But you lose those games. Oh, then it's over. Then, then you can lose yeah. your job. So the Giants on the road, yeah, that's a coin flip. Uh, this this Sunday, three twenty-five, and then uh, you go to Jacksonville. You lose that one. Uh oh, Vic Fangio. Uh oh. So they are two road games. They are you are going east to, to play them, or you even split those two. And then let's say you lose to the Jets at home. Uh oh, Vic Fangio. So I, sure, I'm, I'm sure. saying that I'm saying Teddy comes in here, doesn't play great. They lose. He plays okay. They lose some 17-16 tight game to the Giants. They somehow Trevor goes nuts. They lose to Jacksonville, and then Vic's uh, see you later. He's out the door. I, I think Denver is the ultimate like blah eight to nine win team. Like, I just think you look at their schedule, and there's no real like like the first three games are the they have to win those because then they have Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh on the road, Baltimore at home. Um, and then, you know, the Raiders at home should probably win at, you know, they could lose at the Browns. You know, they, they don't play Kansas City until December 5th. You know, they, you know, they're at the Chargers January 2nd. So, like, a lot of these games, look, they they could 
win nine games. But I will agree with you on that. If they start poorly, like if they somehow go one and two in those first three games, and then they lose to Baltimore and Pittsburgh, yeah, there's absolutely a scenario where they go, hey, you know, Pat Shermer was a head coach once upon a time. Here you go, Pat. You finish the rest of the season out. But I, I, I can't. I, that's where I was going to go initially. But I just saw the schedule and said, ah, they'll get off to a good enough start. He'll be able to ride it out. But I, I think this is probably his last year if they don't make the playoffs. Vic, I'm rooting for you. Just want you to know that I know you're a big listener, Stag in the Box. I loved you in Chicago. It was painful when you left. You should have been made the head coach. All that. It's not your fault. But the NFL is a ruthless business. You've never been a head coach before. You're 12 and 20 after two years. Uh, yeah, I don't. It, it could it could go south. All right, let's bring in uh, your interview with Mitchell Schwartz, who is still finding his or figuring out what he wants to do with his uh, NFL career. A fine, fine Kansas City Chief. We'll bring in Mitch, and then we'll uh, come back with Place Your Bets. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Eh, don't worry, I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. We want to now welcome in Mitchell Schwartz to the podcast. Of course, everybody knows Mitch played a long time in the NFL, decade between Cleveland and Kansas City. And, uh, you know, Mitch, I don't know whether to say former NFL player, current NFL player. I, you know, I, I know obviously you had the back injury, you had the surgery on it. Um, yeah, you know, I guess start there. Just are you are you still looking at playing or are you kind of saying, you know what, I'm good. I've done what I want to do in my career. I mean, where, where does that stand for you? Yeah, I'd say it's still a current uh, NFL player. You know, I'm in the last stages of recovery here and, you know, hoping to kind of get over this final hump. It's, it's taken a little longer than uh, I would have liked or, or we would have liked. But uh, once I'm, you know, 100% uh, fully ready to go, I think I can, you know, make that decision and, and figure out what's next for me. But honestly, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had back pain or for people that do. It's uh, not too fun and, and not too comfortable day to day. So until I can, you know, get back to feeling the way I felt for the last nine years and, and playing the kind of ball I, I know I can play um, you know it's kind of a, a moot point so uh, like I said just kind of looking to finish up this this last phase of recovery and then from there figure it out but uh, I haven't you know closed any doors haven't uh, you know officially done anything and uh, really just waiting for that health to kind of fully uh, get back to where I was. Bigger win for Patrick Mahomes the Super Bowl buying a baseball team buying a soccer team or bringing Whataburger to Kansas City? Oh, wow. Uh, I'd say my guess is his stake in the two teams isn't, uh, you know, extensive. So I'm going to put those two to the side. Uh, Between Whataburger and the Super Bowl, I'd say the Super Bowl probably unlocked Whataburger. So the Super Bowl was was the key that drove that engine. Uh, um, But no, I mean, we all know it's the Super Bowl. It's, uh, you know, the, the thing that you know, honestly, all of us on the team, I mean, that's what we're going to be remembered for. You know, you hear the stories from the team from 50 years ago and they're still living there. And uh, it's just, they're so revered and, and the city loves it. And I think it was, you know, pretty special to be, you know, part of that uh, first one. And obviously we're hoping for a lot more. You know, it was my cheap way of segueing into the Super Bowl because at that game, I remember covering from the press box and when Mahomes throws that second pick in the fourth quarter, it's 20 to 10. 
things had not gone particularly well. The Niners, of course, have a great defense that you guys are going up against. And just walk me through from a player's perspective. From, from when he throws that pick until Damian Williams runs into the end zone for that final score, what is the emotion like for you? I mean, I, I get it as a player. You're never going to walk off the field and go, well, we lost the game. It's it. I mean, you're never going to feel that way. But I've got to imagine just from a human perspective, 2010, ball bounces off Tyreek's hands, a little behind him, gets picked. I can't imagine that at that point you're very high emotionally with about, you know, 11 minutes to go in the game. Well, I'd say most of the people that uh, play with me would tell you my emotional level is pretty much flatline. So uh, I'm not going to be, you know, too high or too low. I do remember sitting on the bench thinking, man, it would suck to have come this far and to play all these extra games and all this extra practice and not walk away with it. But it wasn't in any sort of like negative way where I expected us to lose or thought we would. You know, I just that team. I mean, we all obviously had the, the trust and uh, the confidence and the belief that we were able to you know, turn any deficit into a victory. And so um, I didn't realize how dire it was until I watched the game. You know, I actually didn't watch it until like two or three months later with a couple of friends. Uh, you know, we were sitting there watching and we're kind of going through it and we, we threw that pick and there were like eight and a half minutes left and we're going against the second best offense and a really good team, uh, r- running team, you know, a team you assume is going to kind of run the clock out on you. Um, you know, I know that that year, the criticism of our team was probably the, the run defense as well. And so, you know, watching it from that fan perspective a few months later and the commentators just saying, oh, San Francisco's got the ball and they can melt the clock, all this stuff. You know, at that point, I realized, man, it, it kind of was dire, uh, you know, from the player perspective. I, I never realized that in a moment. You know, I didn't think, oh, man, we're really you know letting this slip away. We're, we're losing our chance. It's just you don't think like that. You don't realize that, um, you know, kind of the one of those cool kind of game flow things that it just doesn't really cross your mind. You're just waiting for the next time you're going to take the field. And then obviously from that point, we knew, you know, every time we got it, we really had to score. But um, in the moment, didn't realize it. It just seemed like another game, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, we had gotten used to coming back from those kind of deficits. And then, uh, yeah, watching it a couple months later, uh, it is kind of crazy what we were able to accomplish. And when you look back on that game, and I'm sure now that you know, you're a year and a half removed from it, you've had the opportunity to do it. Uh, was Wasp the biggest play? Or in your mind, was there another play that game that was bigger? Because Wasp gets all the attention, right? It's third and 15. It's a deep ball down the field. Two superstars involved in it. But there were a lot of plays in that game, especially the last five, ten minutes. It really kind of drove that comeback. When you think back on that game, is there maybe an underrated play or an underrated moment that you look back and you know what? That's that's a huge reason why we won that game. I don't think so. I think it is as you know, kind of special and, and revered as it has become. You know, that really is the play that kind of jump started that drive. Kind of, I'm not a big momentum guy, but you know, it did kind of start the the flow of energy there and um, really carried it to our defense and then back to our offense. Uh, the one play that I wish was different was the fourth and one, the you know, Casey shuffle play. Uh, you know, we got like six inches away from scoring the touchdown on that. I think it would have been awesome to not only have converted the fourth down, but to score the touchdown. And like, that's the play that they're showing for all the touchdowns. Uh, so I wish we, I wish we were able to get the the touchdown on that one. But now I think the Wasp play is the play that, you know, kickstarted the drive before the drive, we took the lead. And then obviously Damien's run at the end there. Um, I do remember he, he kind of called a shot in the huddle. He was just like, Hey, just give me a little bit of time. Give me a, hole I'll, I'll make it happen from there and then the next run he just popped it for a touchdown I was like 
Yeah, when you really just called a shot in the Super Bowl, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and really, the last two things for me, I'm, you know, the last thing on the Super Bowl. So that play, I actually was going to bring that up because that is the first time that play was ever run that season under Andy Reid or maybe since like 1949 or wherever he picked that up from in the Rose Bowl. How nervous are you on that play in the sense you've never run this play before? It's, it's on the biggest stage there could possibly be. You've got guys spinning around in the backfield. The running back's taking a snap. And it not only have you guys not run it, the play's literally not been run in like 70 years. Like if this thing goes bad, it's got a potential to go really bad. And people to go, what, what the hell are they doing? Why would you run that? How nervous are you since you've, it's a play you've not run and it's not one of your bread and butter plays, especially in that moment? You are nervous because, again, that gets back to like, not knowing what the defense is going to do. You know, it's an unbalanced formation. It's obviously a crazy looking thing. We're moving and we're shuffling and, you know, the line's doing a little shuffle as well. So uh, you just don't know what the defense is going to present you. And then, you know, I had my right guard was pulling. So theoretically I could have had to block as far down as like two gaps over. And then, you know, fish is on the other side and I got to, you know, figure out where he's going and we got to coordinate all those things. And, let alone if the defense lines up in the static thing and if they line up and realize it's unbalanced and where they can shift to and all these things. So yeah, it's a, it's a little bit nerve wracking at the end of the day, you just got to kind of trust your, your gut, uh, trust your football sense. And I mean, do we work on that thing since like May of that year? So uh, we had a lot of practice at it. He was holding it in his back pocket for the right moment. Of course, coach always knows when these things are going to work. It seems like they always do. Uh, you know, he kind of just holds them for that right moment. And, uh, like I said, I uh, wish it was a touchdown, but it was still a pretty good three-and-a-half-yard gain on a really big conversion. I mean, uh, you know, early in the game, being able to convert a fourth down, keep a drive going, end up, you know, scoring a – I think we scored a touchdown a couple of plays later. Uh, definitely a, the, the right way to start the game. Place your bets. And, of course, you should be following bet-sided, an absolute dynamic addition to the fan-sided family. Minute Media family and uh, and win bet uh, when you place your bets. This is how you go about making money this football season or any football season slash hoop season slash any sport you want to pick going forward. Miami and New England, the Dolphins on the road. New England's a three point favorite. Who do you got? Pats to win and cover. Uh, look, I don't want to fade the Dolphins completely, but when you're sitting there trying to figure out at least reportedly, how to acquire Sean Watson for a boatload of picks that you want protected because Watson may or may not be getting investigated by the FBI, like, you know, depending on which lawyer you listen to. Um, not saying you believe in Tua very much now, is he? And you're going into a game here. Now, the Pat's son of Gilmore, he's on the pup list for six weeks. J.C. Jackson's a really, really good corner. That front, is a lot better than it was last year. They get guys back. Dante Hightower comes back from the COVID opt-out list. They add Matthew Judon, who I think was the the one addition I loved this offseason for them was Judon. So that's a good front. Meanwhile, the Dolphins' offensive line, Austin Jackson's been terrible off tackle since they took him in the first round last year. He's not on the COVID list. It's unclear if he's going to play. I do not love Tua in this spot against Belichick. There you go. Don't love it. Don't love it. And, and look, with, and I, I don't love Mac Jones against Flores in this spot either. But I think it's an ugly, low-scoring game. If you're into the under, over, over-under, I take the under. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a game. It's like 20 to you know, 16, something like that. 
I just think in the end, Belichick against Tua, like give me give me Belichick at home in this spot. So that's that's all I needed to look at here. Okay, so and the, by the way, the word on Tua from multiple perspectives is that he looks a whole lot better. But he ain't gonna look better against Belichick in Week One if in the history of a quarterback or a coach is gonna scheme for somebody. And and I'm not betting on. I'm not saying Tua can't turn it around at some point this season, although I'm still fading him big time. But I'm not. I, I got to go with New England in Week One. Let's go to. The Steelers on the road at Buffalo. The Bills nearly a touchdown favorite as we speak right now. Six and a half points. Any chance you're taking the Steelers to uh, at least cover? Um, yeah, I am taking the Steelers cover. I think I think Buffalo will win. I think Buffalo will win the game. But you know, Pittsburgh's defense is still really good. Now I'm I'm assuming that they'll figure it out and TJ Watts can play in this game. They're still a very good defensive unit, very well coached. Here's the other part of this. Matt Canada is an offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. A lot more motion pre-snap, all that stuff. The Steelers' offensive line stinks, or at least on paper it stinks. You have to see it. But Buffalo's defensive line, until they show me anything, like they're not a great unit either. I think the way you're going to take advantage of Pittsburgh is run them over to the line of scrimmage. I don't know if Buffalo can do that. We shall see. But new offense, maybe it takes the Bills a little bit to adjust. I think this game is like a 20 20- four to 20 type of game. I, you know, maybe it's a little higher score. Maybe it's 27, 23, somewhere in that range. I think Buffalo wins at home. I think the Steelers will cover six and a half. Is a lot of points. That's a lot of points against a good team And Pittsburgh. While I do think they're down, I, I, I still think they're a quality football team. Yeah. Look, Buffalo is just the better team and um, they got them last year. I expect the bills to be better this year. I, don't love um listen it, it Josh Allen have his hands full here with TJ and, and even Minka Fitzpatrick let's throw him in there as well it's it's, it's not going to be an easy day but I'll, I'll take the bills to win I'll take him to cover six and a half feels like a lot but we're talking about a touchdown no problem let's go I got you Buffalo start off the season the way you need to start off the season stamp it the bills are for real Seattle two and a half point favorite on the road at Indy's been an interesting Carson Wentz of an off season over there in, in Indianapolis to say the least. Who do you got? Yeah, man. I'm not, I'm not a big fan at all of, of Indianapolis right now. Not at all. Like not even remotely. I, I don't understand how people could sit there and, and look at Indianapolis and feel good. Wentz has been a train wreck. And then, by the way, I'll tell you right now, man, if, if I were, were Frank Reich, I would be pulling every hair out of my skull over what's gone on there the last week, right? Darius Leonard, I need more information on the COVID stuff. I need more information on the COVID vaccine before I can make an informed decision. Bro, if you haven't figured that out by now, that's a you problem. Get yourself some information education. My God, it's not that difficult. Carson Wentz, well, you know, it's a personal decision. Really? I mean, it is a personal decision, yes, but my God, like you're the quarterback. They need you to win. They're paying you a fortune. You should be motivated as all get out. All get out. Philadelphia's paid 34 million against a cap this year to get rid of you. And here you are. I don't know if I want to get vaccinated. I know I missed the whole offseason with a foot injury, and that was on the COVID list. I don't know. Maybe. Same thing with their center, Kelly. Like, what are we talking about? 
I am taking Seattle to win this game and to cover the spread. Indy has a decent defense. Who is on that offense, Aaron Jonathan Taylor, that you even remotely care about? Give me Seattle all day in this game. All day. It's, it's Let's just uh, talk about some Seahawks dysfunction. I'm pick, picking them as well. But, Russ, do you want to play there? Do you not want to play there? Trying to force his way out. Out, 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 out. That was an, it's been an interesting offseason in Seattle. But, of course, he's back where he belongs. New offensive coordinator. Let's see what you got here. I think just like a lot of um, – a lot of motivation for the Seahawks here to come out of the gate strong and a lot of distractions in Indy. So I will, I, I take the Seahawks and I take them big. Actually, I think they'll win by 10 or more. So uh, that would be my hot play of the week. Seattle crushing Indy Cleveland and Kansas city. The chiefs are a six point favorite at home. Can the Brown, this is one of the best games of the week, obviously. Um, can Cleveland keep it close? I'm going to pick the chiefs to win the Browns to cover. Um, I say that hesitantly because Kansas City, do you know that Mahomes has never lost in September? Like, it's one of the many Patrick Mahomes impressive statistics. They have not lost a game in September since 2015. So I get it. Like at some point they will lose a game in September. But that team comes out of the gates. And I think part of it is Andy Reid plays guys in the preseason. He's not afraid to do it. They have one of the more grueling physical camps. A lot of these teams don't like to do that stuff. The Chiefs. It's live at camp with the Chiefs. Like they, they get after it. So I think they always kind of come out of the gate like much more physically and mentally ready than a lot of these other teams. I think they win. I think it's a backdoor cover with Cleveland. That's a lot of points, six points. I could see this game being, you know, 34 to 22, and then a Cleveland scores a touchdown with 40 seconds left. You know, and by the way, for a Brown, Browns fan out there, I could see it just being a close game. I could see it being 31-27, but I do think the Chiefs win. We talked about it earlier. Look, Garrett's a beast. Nobody else in that front seven scares me. And I just think in the end, like, they got a lot of new parts in secondary. It's more talented, but it's a lot of new parts. I don't know how healthy Beckham is offensively coming off the torn ACL. I think the Chiefs win the game. But I think the Browns will cover. I mean, you got some safeties. John Johnson, you got Ronnie Harrison, you got yeah. your David Clowney. who Grant who, uh, Delpit. Yep, who we, we mentioned all the way back. Uh, you didn't beat him when, 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 when Mahomes was concussed. Uh, you're not winning week one. Sorry. And, again, six and a half might seem like a lot, but it, it doesn't feel like a lot – or six, rather. doesn't feel like a lot to me. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Kansas City to uh, come out strong in, in week one, 2021. Uh, a lot of chalk here going on today. Green Bay, four and a half point favorite at New Orleans. The game's being played in Jacksonville for the record – Yes. Uh, now, this is interesting. Who wants to fade the Packers? Anybody? As in you? I'm taking the Packers to, to win and to cover. But I got to tell you, if there's one game on this, this sheet that I can see the underdog pulling it and winning the game, it's New Orleans. I don't – look, the Packers, man, I, I love the, the team because, mostly because of Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams. But, man, the Saints can play good defense. They can put Lattimore on Adams. And they're going to run the hell out of the football. The Saints up – in fact, you know what? I'm going, to change, I'm going to change one part of the pick. I think the Saints will cover the four and a half. I do think the Packers went close. And I, if this game was in the Superdome, I would have picked the Saints outright to win the game. Um, I don't trust Jameis. That's the bottom line. That's why I won't pick him to win. I just – he doesn't have any weapons to throw to. He scares the hell out of me with the turnovers. But, man, 
the Saints are still a good team. They're better than people realize, and I think they'll show that a little bit. But I, Jameis against Aaron Rodgers, I, I got to pick Rodgers to win, even though I do think it'll be a good game. I think we're going for all the drama in Green Bay. They start off slow all the time. I'm actually higher on Jameis than you. So I will take New Orleans to win week one. The drama will build. The Packers will be like one and three, and then they'll start rolling. Um, Somehow, some way, I don't know, something will flip for for Aaron and company. But it's it's been the off-seasons of off-seasons in Green Bay. And even though I – there's part of me that thinks like if things go south in Green Bay, like Aaron's going to just check out, but I'm going to kick that down the, uh, at least down the road a little bit here. Green Bay, you lose week one and it's going to be a, oh, a very, 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 very aggressive week of, of Packers football coverage about whether the Packers are done and Rogers should just quit. All right. Bears and Rams Sunday night. The Rams are now a seven and a half point favorite. That keeps ticking up uh, as money is coming in on Stafford and company. Oh, God. This one's easy to me. The Rams. The Rams win, cover. It's because it, the, the the Bears can't block, and Andy Dalton's a statue, and the Rams are just going to tee off the entire game. I mean, I, I would be shocked if the Bears win this game. Shocked. Wouldn't be shocked if they cover. Okay? Seven and a half is a lot in an NFL game. I will be shocked if the Bears win. This would – if the, if the Bears win this game, it's a Matthew Stafford special, right? It's like three picks and a coverage, and it's, it's oh, Detroit wasn't necessarily all the problem. Like, that's the way this game – like, Eddie Jackson has a couple picks, and they're just – they just find a way to win. I don't see it. And I'm not – as you know, Carm, I'm pro-Carm. I'm not anti-Bears here. But uh, I just – this is a t- – this would be a tough spot for anybody. But for, if Justin Fields was in this game, I'd still pick him to lose, but I'd be like, all right, it's kind of frisky. It's not frisky. It's not frisky. Not with Andy Dalton. Uh, l- l- let's just do a slight Bears history lesson that of, of recent note in, in picking this game. The, the Bears cut Charles Leno Jr., their left tackle, because they were unhappy with him. Then they went out and drafted Tevin Jenkins, trading up to get him in the second round. This right. guy missed the last three games of his college career at Oklahoma State with back problems. He has now had back surgery and is out for the year. Yes. What do the Bears do? They call up 39-year-old Jason Peters, who was on a fishing boat in a, in a, on a creek in his home in Texas, and, and Juan Castillo, the Bears offensive line coach, calls him up because he knew him in Philly and said, hey, Jason, you want to come back? So there we've got a 39-year-old who was fishing and, and, and retired because the rookie that they drafted needed back surgery, and they cut a guy in Leno who wasn't great but wasn't terrible either. Wow. Way to go, Ryan Pace, I'll, Bears general manager. You are, you, are, you are hitting on all cylinders, buddy. I'll say this now because it's post-draft and it doesn't matter, but I, w- I was told pre-draft by a talent evaluator around the league you know, there's a lot of talk about how great the offensive tackle class was. And I had somebody say, hey, look, it might be. But there's a lot of concern about arm length around the league. There's also a lot of concern with some of these guys about their medicals. Well, and, and I want to be clear. Tevin Jenkins was not specifically brought up. But obviously is one of the guys as he was dealing with an injury when he was coming out of college. So now he could go on to have a Hall of Fame career, but he's dealing with a back injury and a surgery that's going to keep him out for the whole season. You're, you're, you're not having a Hall of Fame career when you have a back surgery before you play your first NFL game. Is there anybody in the history of the league that's ever done that? I, off I, the don't, top? 
off the top of your know. incredible. Yeah. I don't. I doubt it. Uh, but before we go to the last thing, which is always the, the, the best thing for some folks out there, I'm sure so you don't have to hear us bloviate about football. Um, Want to get to one review we got uh, last week from eight three four seven, and then a whole bunch of letters. I apologize. I'm not going to read them all. Excellent pod. This is a phenomenal podcast. First one I listen to every week. It gives a great mix of insider takes, X's and O's, and personal opinion. Always great stuff. Thank you very much. Five-star rating. Appreciate it. And again, if you're still listening, leave us your picks and predictions. Go in there, leave a name or a Twitter handle, whatever you prefer, um, and we'll read them off. We'll get to them. And, you know, we'll start to see how they look as we'll be right past week one. Um, but, but please, let us hear them. Leave a comment, leave a rating review. We'd really love that. Um, and really appreciate it here. As, as, by the way, thank you to everyone who's been listening. Our numbers are fantastic uh and, and it's all because of you folks so thank you very much yeah um by the way uh sean daly our outstanding producer and uh leader of tiktok and everything else he's he's throwing up dk metcalf as an example of a guy with a back with with back surgery and having a great career and and dk metcalf is headed to the hall of fame one of the most unique players in the history of the league but i'm talking about just just uh, offensive tackles i mean if you have a back problem in your offensive tackle, that is a problem. That is a significant problem. That is a – and aside from anything else, I hope he has a great career. You traded up for a guy, giving up picks to get a dude who, 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 who's got back issues, you have to be a complete and utter ignorant individual, somebody that would probably trade up from number three to number two to draft Mitchell Trubisky. It has to be that level of intelligence. Well, luckily the Bears have just somebody who will do that. I mean, really – that is some unique stuff. All right, uh, go Bears. Um, if you want to hear Carm do uh, Hamp and OB and Bears Radio, check it out all season long. One hour pregame, two hour postgame. Uh, as Vertoram will be rocking the after games, we'll be doing the Arrowhead Attic podcast with his close yes. friend and boss, Patrick Allen. Uh, you guys are doing phenomenal work over there. All right, Vertoram, wrap it up. What's going on outside of? The fact that the NFL is starting and your yep. life is about to get even better. My life is nuts. Uh, I always know football season's coming back. And I start getting texts from a bunch of numbers I don't recognize. I'm like, hey, can you come on the show at you know four four o'clock or whatever? And it's it's always fun though. I always love going on the radio and talking to people and, and hitting different markets. Anyway, um, love that the season's back. Can't wait. But I will say, you know, I noticed a couple leaves starting to turn color. The early ones are getting out of the way early. They're gonna start falling. Let me give a piece of life advice out there. My dad has a big yard out front, a couple of big trees. And every, every year we get rakes, we'd rake the whole effing yard. Okay. And my dad was responsible for like 90%. So I'm not making this out. Like I was some like cheap labor. I wasn't, I would just help out when, when needed, but I mean, you're talking a lot of leaves, a lot of leaves, bags and bags and bags and bags. If you have a lawn, where that might be an issue for you. Let me suggest to you the biggest and best rake of all. It's a lawnmower. Just run those bad boys right over. Okay. Bag them, bag them. Otherwise you're mulching. Your, your yard's going to look like a color by a paint by numbers, but bag them up. It's going to take you a little while to mow the lawn, but once you do it, you won't have missed the leaf. Lawn looks great. You didn't have to spend eight hours doing it. Or in some cases, a whole damn weekend. As, as the great saying goes, he who has lawnmower has the best rake. Verderam, 2021. 
that's that's so incredibly strong and you're taking me back to when i was living in kansas city and i rented a house and it was 850 bucks a month which is why i love kansas city amongst a million other reasons beautiful it's just really nice and you know my favorite thing that i would do was uh, you know get that lawnmower off craigslist for 100 bucks and uh you know then you realize you got to buy the gasoline to have it in the garage of your 850 dollar rental house and you get out there in the backyard the first time you do it and you realize that running over sticks is going to ruin the lawnmower so you take the time to pile all those up and then you just have a nice clean awesome mow no bag just nice and pure those were good days i miss them perhaps well, one day the point I'll is, don't rake the damn leaves I don't have any problem with raking leaves, but if you don't want to do it, this is this is an excellent thing. I think raking leaves is is just cathartic, and and a great way to be with yourself and feel like you're accomplishing something and not tackling the toughest things in life. So I have no problem with a, a rake leaf. But if you don't want to do it, Bert Ram's suggestion is excellent. Um, I'm back from the U.S. Open. Good, good it, time. Yeah, I, I had the best of times. Um, You'll enjoy this one. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you this story when I never, uh, never is strong, but I rarely, rarely ever leave the U S open early, uh, especially when I'm going in a year when nobody wanted to go with me. So I was traveling solo and I had my hotel room, but uh, Tuesday night of my four night extravaganza, uh, our good buddy, Nick Wright pulls some premium ash tickets. So he comes out and I sit with him in the sixth row to watch Djokovic uh, play Rune, who the crowd was rooting for. And then the next night, I'm like, you know, that was awful nice of Nick. I want to see him one more time. Should I, should I ride up to his abode in Harlem where he lives, or should I stay and watch more of the Open? And Diego, one of my five-foot-six-inch Argentinian Jews, was playing. I love rooting for Diego. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I'll leave. So it's, and it's raining that day. So I'm watching, they got roofs now at the U S open. So I got to run through the rain to the train. I take it up there and we're going to go have a great cheeseburger at JG Mellon's the best cheeseburger on the planet. Bertram. Well, now we're, now we're in the middle of a hurricane and, uh, the, the Uber to JG Mellon's, which is two miles away is like 125 bucks and you can't take the train. And so it gets to, uh, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's see what you got in the fridge, bro. Let's have dinner. And then it gets to dude. It's getting worse out there. You're not getting home. So paid for a hotel room in New York, slept at Nick's uh, and his wife did not make it home. So uh, that happened to be the, the best location to get some sleep. So I, that was a very uh, uh, interesting evening, to say the least. Mr. Nick Wright, hospitable. hospitable. Very hospitable. Very nice. Nick's, uh, Nick's a good dude. I've seen you and he go way back, and he's been on the pod before. And I've, I've, told, I've met him a couple times at different NFL events. He's a really nice guy. He's, um, he's, he's turning into a tennis fan, which makes me proud, Vertoram. I was going to say, I didn't know he was a tennis fan. Yeah, he's, But he's, that's, he's, uh, that's good stuff. And, yeah, I'm glad. You know, I hope everybody back home is safe. I know, you know people I know and, and, and certainly friends and family were. I, buddy of mine is a, a best man at my wedding, a police officer, uh, back home, he had, he called me that night. He said, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "Well, I pulled about seven people out of cars. Yeah, were stuck in floodwaters. who could not get out of their cars." She's like, "People died." People yeah, died. I mean, you know, it was it was crazy. I will tell you, on, on obviously, look, we're talking a very serious thing. So take this for what it is intended to be. It's a lighthearted little bit of this. So uh, I won't I won't say the town that he, that he works in. 
just you know, out of respect for him. But um, it's, it's not in New York City. It's, it's outside New York City. So I'm on the phone with him. He's finishing up his shift and get a call over the radio. Hey, you got to go down to this, uh, this establishment, this gentleman's establishment, because people are complaining that despite water rushing in, like not, not like at a lethal level, like not like, not like anybody's going to die, but like maybe like a foot of water or something, you know, six inches of water. Sure. Despite water coming in, they're refusing to close. <laughs> so he's like, well, I guess I have to finish my shift like this. <laughs> go down there and, and drive through some, some little, uh, some hairy areas to get down there and tell this owner, hey, look, I know you're looking at the bottom line and you still have customers despite the water. You need to shut it down. And so that was, that was the way that went. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, that no, I, I I get it. If you are of the mindset that that's how you're going to end your evening, uh, from apparently a you're gonna, and you don't right. care if if you got water up to your ankle. Right, right. This is this is the night, and and I am, I am committed. I get it. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm hopefully all those people made it home safe. I talk, I, I yeah, talked. Yeah, that to one, area they were they were. Yeah, yeah. Well, I talked to one couple the next day at the open, and I, they were like, "Were you here last night?" Yes. Did you stay? No, I didn't. Oh well, we did. Well, what happened? Well, you know, we were indoors. We didn't realize that, you know, really what was going on. And then we get out, trains aren't running. They were, they were staying by LaGuardia. Stuck. So they're literally walking back to the hotel in four feet of water, the three feet of water, you know, significant. And um, finally some cab comes along and, you know, it's two 30 in the morning. They think they're going the right direction. They're not entirely certain. And they, they the guy said, I told the guy, you have to take us. You have to. And he did. So, I mean, it was, you know, if I That's can you so imagine, good. can you imagine me solo? I don't have a direction of where I'm going. I have no idea what I would have done. I literally, I would have looked for like a hotel room in Queens. Um, it's uh, so it, 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 uh, it I, I, like I said, I hope everybody's safe and, and everything worked out. Okay. Obviously I know, unfortunately there were some, there were some tragic events tied to it and some people passed, but yeah, look, Mo- um, most rain they had ever had in central park about th- three weeks ago was 1.9 inches in an hour. Then, then the next day, I think it was like 2.0. Don't quote me on this, but they had the most that they had ever had in an hour uh, two weeks ago. And then it went to 3.1 from this storm. Yep. Anybody, anybody think global warming is going on out there? Don't. Uh, maybe, perhaps we should pay attention to that and, and, and do what we can yeah, out that, here. That's, not, that's no longer political. That's just a, actually, that's a problem. No, it's we're, anyway, we're always fascinated. Folks, okay, good to see you. Note, we got week one. We got it coming up Thursday night, Cowboys and Bucks. Then we got 14 games. There's no Monday night doubleheader this year. 14 games on Sunday, big slate. And then Monday night, Ravens, Raiders opening up the Death Star unofficially, but officially with fans in Vegas. So I can't wait. You and I will be back next week, Tuesday, sticking with it. Same deal. Um, and, uh, we will, we'll be back to discuss all things week one, start looking ahead and see what's what. See you next week.